The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Now, is that not some serious shit to fire up the show with? That is some serious <laughs> shit to follow up. And as I've mentioned many times, my, my 90s are kind of hazy, Yeah, but that shit's crystal clear. Oh, it is, isn't it? I love it, me some white totally zombies. It totally is. It totally is. My 90s are, are a bit hazy, too, for completely different reasons sure, than yours are. Sure, But I do remember that being like the introduction of Rob Zombie to the world. Yeah. You know, prior to that, it was, you know, the white white zombie crew mm-hmm. were a little on the obscure side, but he, like, totally broke through with that. I remember yeah. that, that song being played on alternative radio, uh-huh. and it was kind of like, what the fuck was that? It crossed you over know? from titty bars to the masses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that was from the uh, 1995 uh, white zombie album Astro Creep 2000. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because Rob Zombie... Is actually a very educated, well-read guy. Uh, that song is a classic example. The title and the lyrics uh, reference the novel "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" Nice, which I'm sure you remember the Philip K. Dick novel that right, the, right. the the movie Blade Runner was based on. Mm-hmm. You know, so Rob did his homework. Yeah, you know, and he, like I said, he was actually a very well-read guy, and he's a very visual guy. Whether it oh, be you completely. know the lyrics or the videos of, of any of his songs that he's done, both solo and with White Zombie. He, you know, he's he's a creative renaissance guy, like two idiots that we both know, that if they're not creating something, they're going to get a little antsy, right? Yeah, completely. (laughs) And he sees it in all these different mediums, and really, I enjoyed his stuff with White Zombie more than when he went solo, Yeah, just because now you could tell his attention was diverted to the silver screen. Yeah, very much so. And a lot of his stuff, it, it went darker. It wasn't as crossover anymore, but he, right. was, he was distracted and became a movie guy. Yeah, he totally know? did. He totally did. You know, uh, like you said, kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheekly, but still accurately, a kind of a renaissance guy. Yeah. You know, he had, yeah. him, he had his hand in, you know, multimedias. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, 1995, you know, music-wise, that was a, kind of a year of anything goes. Mm-hmm. You know, there were so many different things going on, you know, in music at that time. You know, the grunge thing was happening. Um, there was, you know, the what White Zombie Zombie was doing. There was a swing thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, true. You know, true. it really was, you know, a, a very interesting time in music. You know, mm-hmm. you turned on the radio, and I don't know if I'm making a vague reference that the kids won't understand, but the radio it was this thing that you had in your car uh-huh. that you could turn on, and you know, it played music and stuff like that. But you know, you turned on the radio. And every and, station was different. Oh, too. yeah. That, you never knew what today. was going to yeah. come out. It wasn't nearly <laughs> as segmented or, or, or you know, pinpoint genre mm-hmm. as it was. It really was a very interesting experience to turn on the radio in 1995 because you didn't know what you were going to hear. Right. You know, it could have been one of any number of things. And, you know, people were very open minded as far as that was concerned. I remember, you know, going to see bands 
at the time in clubs in L.A., and you'd see a ska band, you'd see with a hard rock band, mm-hmm. who might be yep. the reggae band. You know, there was variety. There was all sorts of shit going on. You know, for it was us, a very you know, unique time. iHeartRadio was was a lovable nickname for an EKG machine <laughs> before it became the Terminator and the yeah, yeah. Teledyne systems. Yeah, bastards. <laughs> Don't get me going on iHeartRadio. I know. Radio, we digress. We know, digress. They'll send people to kill us. Now, and, why are we picking a song like More Human Than Human? Well, it, it, it definitely dovetails, as it frequently does, into the topic that we want to uh, we want to go off on a little bit here in the front end of the show. Did you just use um, a carpentry term? Did I? You did dovetail like a dovetail, dovetail joint. Did I say dovetail? Yes. Oh my goodness! That's kind of it's the five hour impressive. energy. It's the five hour. I had three of them before the show. So biggest sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Please endorsement deal. Endorsement and I, deal. And I can't get through the day without those freaking five hour. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, once upon a time it was cocaine and speed. Now it's five hour energy. See, the people in the commercial take it at two thirty. I take it at ten a.m. because that, that's when I'm crashing. Let's put a smile on that face. And I do it intravenously. But anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny that you and I came to this uh, story topic relatively at the same time. Things that we've been reading about uh, online and, and in news media kind of disturbed us mm-hmm. for a couple of different reasons. Um, in my case, um, I came across a story definitely caught my attention in the, oh shit, where is this going, mm-hmm. you know, department. Uh, science recently announced that the created the first human monkey embryos. This comes under the, the general header of chimera. I don't know if you're familiar with that, too. I think you are, because you're a pretty well-read guy. But uh, You can share it with the audience, because yeah. they might not know where Okay, well, from. the term chimera goes... It's been around for a while. In Greek mythology, a chimera was a fire-breathing female monster with a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. And, all right. It was and, also named Karen. I is that one? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where Chimera right. comes that was from. The first, right. First, yeah, appearance of of, of Karens <laughs> in 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 recorded history. Um, but for some reason, medical science gro- grabbed that term and decided to run with it. Right. Um, and in medical terms, it's a person composed of two genetically distinct types of cells, basically more than one distinct uh, gene type. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple of different. Uh, Occurrences, I guess you could say, of a chimera. Uh, if you were to have, for for example, bone marrow transplant surgery, mm-hmm. you know, say you're a, you know a cancer victim or something like that, you know, your own ba- bone marrow would be replaced with somebody else's bone marrow, and you'd be running with two different genomes, right. and that would make you a chimera. And another uh, example of a chimera, and this is when we get into yuck territory, um, is if you have you know, two fetuses in the womb and one of them dies mm-hmm. and the other one absorbs the cells of the dead feet, the, it, its dead sister or brother, mm-hmm. um, it becomes a chimera. And these, this is obviously something that's not talked about an awful lot, you know, in the news. Right. Because I think, you know, just with those instances you just gave us, yeah. things that happen kind of naturally, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes we're not even, like, noticing... Why put such a horrific name on it? I know. Where did the, I just, What's the I, deal? I, and this is why we're talking about this today, folks, because collectively, Michael and I are both saying, what's the fucking deal with yeah, scientists? Yeah, what was the thinking behind this? <laughs> you know, they're, they're already worried about the yick factor, right, you right. know, when they talk about this stuff. And, 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 you know, stem cell research and technology has always been controversial. and right. There's always been, you know, ethical questions involved. Mm-hmm. So... 
Yeah, to come up with the term chimera right. to apply to this. It's like you're not doing yourself any favors, guys. No favors. You know, you know there was a skit uh, comedian Bob Poppy used to do, and he just came out and said, you know, do you think crack would be so vilified if they changed the name to crackle? <laughs> so in this instance, we've got something that you could name any number of things. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know, uber fetus absorption syndrome. Yeah. The duplex model. You Whatever s- inane shit can come up with. But no, yeah, you- let's name it after a horrific creature from mythology. Absolutely. Let's make it a gut punch, you know, <laughs> as opposed to something that people could be okay with when they go to sleep at night instead oh, of something that's going to make you have screaming fucking nightmares. Right? This is why scientists, as a rite of passage, get yeah. wedged unmercifully in the locker room. Yeah. Because they'll probably come out with this shit like a like, conversation in like ninth, tenth grade. Did you know that the chimera was made up of a lion and on and on and on, and then was slayed by Belafron, who rode Pegasus? And there's a <laughs> I know it's, it's and some it's, big goon just got to step up yeah, and pull his kids underwear over his fucking it, head. It's gonna squash you, yeah, thick <laughs> weed. And it's like, you know, are you that oblivious to the reality that right? the rest of the world is living? That you would come up with a term that gives you douche jokes. And that, folks, is the tip of the iceberg, because that's just the terminology. Oh, yeah. We're concerned about the old adage, just because you could doesn't mean you should. Straight out of Jurassic Park, folks. Right. You know, and we all know what happened on that. Mm-hmm. particular scenario. Now, what other little ditties did you find out? What else are they trying to splice well, and the, dice the, together? Well, the whole Chimera concept isn't new. It, it really isn't. In 2017, uh, science announced that it successfully had created the first human pig uh, chimeric embryo, which is kind of easy to, easier to laugh off. Well, that child grew up to be Boss Hog. I, yeah. Okay, so yeah, right good, good character yeah. for... Yeah. <laughs> That pig man, Jerry, pig man. <laughs> but even so, you know, it's like human pig. Okay, not really all that threatening. Right. But when you say okay, human primate, you know, human monkey. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You know, it like suddenly you're going island of Doctor Moreau on exactly. this shit. You know, and it's like where are we going? He who breaks the law shall be punished. Back to the house of pain. Back to the house of pain. And it, and it really is that. I mean, it in of itself, not all that threatening. I mean, the the whole human monkey embryo thing had a lifespan of about 19 days. You know, they couldn't keep it running more than that. So not a huge threat. But again, it's the perceived, where are we going with this? What could this end up? Right. You know, which is very much, you know, what you, you know, expressed to me and your concern when we first started talking about this is you came up with a model and it was the same thing. It was like, oh shit, where are we going with this? Right. You know, which was a robot, I believe, wasn't it? Not just a robot, my friend. A robot that eats biomass, okay, which is any living tissue. Okay, for those of you playing at home, that could be a plant, a weed, an apple, perhaps a bowl of grapes, or your leg. How about for order of ribs? Worst case scenario. <laughs> and I guarantee you, folks, if it has military applications, not only will they be exploited, but they're not programming this shit to eat a bowl of lettuce. Okay. <laughs> Again, the slippery slope. It's yes. like, where the fuck are we going with this? They, um, you know, my favorite was the, uh, and I forget what company, but it's a well-known company, made the, um, I guess it's got a name, but I call it the dog robot. Okay? Right. Okay. It's got the, yard, the two arms and legs. It runs around like a dog without a head. So initially, they hooked this sucker up to a lawnmower engine. Okay. And you could hear this thing coming a quarter mile away. It's not that threatening. <laughs> it was kind of geeky. Yeah. But then the next time you'd see the YouTube clips, and that's where you can check this out, folks. It's all over YouTube. Yep. 
they, um, they added a feature where if it gets knocked down, it knows how to jump back up again. Interesting. Right. So now you can't just trip this thing and run away. It's going to get up and run and you down. Come after you. Especially yes. with the obesity rate in this country. Forget about it. My money's on the robotic dog. <laughs> oh, totally. So then they, they took it to the next level. They taught the dog how to go upstairs. Oh. Which is great if you're going to bring some warm milk to your grandmother who you bought this thing for. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Uh, it also knows how, how to open up the door. It can turn a doorknob yes. to present said warm milk to your grandmother who can't sleep. Okay, but if it's hungry? Right, or if your grandmother is, is, a, is, a, is a spy for the Soviet Union, <laughs> it goes in with the warm milk, probably gently places it on the, on the nightstand, and then and eats, eats her. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you see, that's the big difference between the, the scenario that's scaring you and the scenario that's scaring me, is there's some degree of, uh, I don't know, ethical uh, protection mm -hmm. in the idea of mating, you know, primate DNA with human right. DNA. There's a, uh, the, the whole concept in, in the science world of, of non-human primates is protected by stricter research uh, ethical rules than, say, you know, the, the chimera combination of humans and mice, mm -hmm. which they've also done, and that goes back decades. Right. You know, the whole idea of creating a robot that consumes biomass to keep going, not really protected by the same ethical uh, restrictions, because right. that concept doesn't scare people in, as, as much as... As it should. Yeah, <laughs> as, yeah totally. Because there's something that, that, you know, you start... Combining human and monkey DNA, you know, there's a there's an almost uh, I don't know inbred DNA level warning flag that pops right. up like it's holy fuck where are we going so with this? So similar but so different. Yeah. And look, it wasn't more than a, even a hundred years ago when quote unquote scientists in the South would debate you as the day is long about the similarity between Africans and monkeys. Right. All right? Yeah. Yep. So as I always say, science, give or take 50 years, is a fucking clown show. Yeah. So now we just came out of COVID-19, and it gave the scientific community, and I say that with such dripping sarcasm. I, I caught that. I did. Just licking their chops because now they were relevant again. Okay. <laughs> And they, they came upon, probably stumbled upon, yeah. or probably the computers did most of the work, okay. some type of vaccine, which we think is working to retard the effects of COVID-19. So now they think they've got a little more credit in the kitty, so to speak, okay. so they can pull off really fucking bizarre experiments like, like they're doing. <laughs> now, our generation, Mike, we grew up watching science fiction movies. Yes, we did. Where the punchline was, well, just because you, you could doesn't mean you should. Right. But we are living in an age that I don't think any ethical standards written down on a piece of paper are worth their weight in shit. Because hmm. you know that these scientists, they're not even always about the money. It's just to prove that they can do it. Okay? A la my favorite science of all time, Victor von Frankenstein. Right, right. He didn't start out to build a monster, and he wasn't looking out for the money. He just wanted to see if he could do it. And Mary Shelley, God bless her, had looked at enough of the periodicals and the science books and the newspapers of the day to notice that at that time, that was a hot-button topic. Medicine was blossoming. Ladies Industry and gentlemen, we have entered the Johnny Teflon spin zone. Oh, here we go. And it cue, was... Cue the... the, the, the uh, what the Zamfir. Yes. 
Trust me, I'll underlie a better better one than that. I'm, I'm thinking Twilight Zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now is where I'm, yeah. But again, she was able to tap into this, this zeitgeist at the time, right. write this famous novel, which holds up to this day, yeah. which asked the very basic question, should man ever try and play God? And I thought, based on the results of that novel, we decided, yeah, we really shouldn't. People don't give a shit. It's right back to the drawing board. And I think... Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. But I, I still think that we have an inherent... I don't know, warning system. Like I said, you know, when you you start... You and I might. Well, no, I think most people do. I mean, when you start talking about combining monkey and human DNA, Mm -hmm. you know, the douche chill factor kicks in. You know, that normally, you know, typically makes people kind of react with a a twinge of revulsion and kind of a little, whoa, wait a minute. And I tell you what, you can can go a long ways with revulsion. It's one of man's better qualities to reel himself in. Okay. But in terms of common sense, (laughs) let's go back a few years. Oh, that's where we're going. Yeah. Okay. Or a decade or so to the uh, Higgs-Boson Collider out there in, was it, Colorado? Yeah. Where they, they came out to the press and actually said, well, once we fire this up, we're not sure what's going to happen, but the Earth could collapse in and of itself oh, yeah. into a black hole. Well, we did that with <laughs> nuclear weapons, you know, back in the 1940s. It was like, you know, we've come up with the bomb to end all bombs. Yep. Let's test it out on somebody, shall we? And then we, we finally, you know, continued testing. Other countries got the technology. Yep. And then it was a race to see who could make the bigger bomb. Yep. And so finally, I think Russia won that race with an H-bomb. It's like, okay, Or a neutron bomb. I think that was the big, big Well, no, the fear neutron the never 70s. happened. No, the no. neutron was, that was a Reagan project. Okay. Because okay. The, the, uh, the fun part about the neutron bomb yep. was that it only takes out the people and your organic matter. There we go. The buildings and infrastructure would remain Perfect. afterwards, right? Perfect. Talk yep. about a nice, clean solution. <laughs> Somebody get Dr. Snoof on, on the horn. Yeah. Well, it just, it, it always, always makes me laugh. It fascinates me that, um, and here we go with, you know, my road to hoe bashing mm-hmm. the bashing the mainstream media that you know our focus in the media is on all sorts of frivolous bullshit right but we never touch on this kind of stuff never you know it's it's like we're being distracted by all the other garbage mm-hmm. and you know the real shit the quite honestly the interesting shit i mean never mind the dangerous shit mm-hmm. but the interesting shit gets ignored yeah and, and the media doesn't care because, again, money is not the driving factor in any of these things. Yeah. You know? On the science side of things, no, not at all. Not at all. And that, that's, it's, it's kind of funny because we can understand greed. Sure. You know, that, that, that is totally... We can all relate to greed. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Mainstream society shit. But the whole breaking down those doors of mm-hmm. creation thing... Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think the island of Dr. Maru was a big box office hit. Yep. Uh, Terminator was, <laughs> you know? which is which is well, where actually, the island of Dr. Maru was a big hit because they made three different versions of it. Yeah, maybe so. Including, maybe so. Including the super creepy, seldom seen Marlon Brando version. Yes, I think Val Kilmer was in that yes. too. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. I yeah. like the the middle one, the Michael York and and Burt Lancaster, version. which was also creepy as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. you know it really was. I mean, I'm sorry, but anything Michael York's in is creepy as fuck. I don't know why. Well, not Austin Powers. He was delightful. I kind of got, got a creepy vibe from him on that one, too, I think. You're an Angliophile. Ever since That's Logan's that run, man, that dude creeps me out. He just does, you know? Wow, you got your rose to hoe, man. You got your rose to hoe. <laughs> so I tell you what, it's time to dig us out. Maybe oh, it is Jim Will, maybe no. you won't. All right. Dig us out of this morass because we got so much show left. We do. 
And uh, this, of all people, was was a Johnny Jam. This Remember was. that, folks? When and I used to contribute, things? I, got, I got to admit, I was I was impressed <laughs> by the level of obscurity that came with this particular gem and relative newness. You dug deep on this one, Johnny. And this was a tough week because we both came to the table, admittedly, with, with some strong ones. Yes. But uh, for the middle gem, we're going to uh, listen to a tune by our good friends, the White Stripes. Nice. Entitled, Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine. All right. So we're going to spin that for you, and we'll be right back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. <laughs>
Strikes, baby. Man, we're going deep with the gems tonight. That was yeah. that was wild, man. And I've always liked me some some white stripes just because it's just so original. Oh yeah. And even when that they had that beef like a couple years ago with the black keys. Um, and there was another band that tried to get a little nibble at that too, saying like, oh, you know, we're just like you, we're just as good as you. There's some fucking silliness. Yeah, it and really then Jack was. White got all pissy with them saying if it wasn't for us, you guys wouldn't exist. <laughs> which, which may or may not be true, you know. But it never goes over well when you say that to somebody. Yeah. It never You're does. You're kind of automatically making yourself out to be the bad guy when you start that yeah. shit. I mean, Jack White's kind of a savant. He really yeah. is. You just know? The, the whole concept, a two-person band yeah. with that much guitar playing, I would liken that to something you would see um, in like the New York subway. Sure. You know, or some sure. street fair where you got a pickup drummer with like two drums, what, a, a snare and a tom-tom. Yeah. Maybe a cymbal. And one guy would have plugged in an electric guitar. That's their sound. Oh, yeah. And they well, made it I work. I think prior to the White Stripes, if anybody had ever pitched anybody, particularly any of the unimaginative fucking idiots <laughs> in the music industry on that idea. I heart radio. Yeah, there you go. Uh, nobody would have guessed that would work. And yet right. somehow, you know, Jack and Meg made it work. And, it uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, they used really to go is. ZZ Top. The little band from Texas with the big, big sound. Yeah, but the White Stripes even eclipsed that. <laughs> you know? Let's just remove the bass player, right? And and we'll dive on in. And the studio, you know, keyboards. Don't get rid of all of that. Yeah, just this guy wailing on a guitar, singing somewhat decently. And the sister, I don't know if she ever sang in any of the songs. I don't think she did. Just play the drums. I was yeah, like, at first it was, <laughs> they were sister and brother, and then uh, it was, well, no, they were really like a married couple. Uh, and it just, you know, it kind of adds to the whole... I'll always think of her as the sister. Yeah, and the, the whole myth <laughs> of the White Stripes, right. whatever the fuck that is, you right. know? But yeah, you know, props to Jack White. You know, sure. he's a monster on the guitar. He's a monster, and his voice goes right through you. Yeah, it just and goes we right went with that you. because it kind of loosely follows the model of our whole uh, it does. science and doctor's it segment totally for the does. first part. Yes. Supposedly, that particular song is about the placebo effect. Oh. You know, supposedly. Supposedly. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. And, yeah, totally contributes to what we've been talking about tonight. Cool. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to veer off that for a minute or two. Total. And, I'm cutting uh, the wheel, man. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do a little uh, societal observation shit here. Yes, which means it's time for... It depends on how you look at it. When someone says, it's not you, it's me... It's you. So yes, that a crowd favorite. Yeah, and we haven't done it in a while, so let's call it the triumphant return. Yes, yes, oh, but we're gonna mix it up it. a little bit now, format-wise. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, in in a bit of a departure from the previous uh, previous. Uh, segments. Uh, I'm going to bounce some things on a, off of Johnny Teflon. I get to be the man in the street? You do indeed. Nice. And we get the unique perspective <laughs> that is, is really and truly Johnny Teflon and only Johnny Teflon. Oh, my. Put the kids to bed, folks. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, just out of curiosity, Johnny. Okay, okay. Tiny bottles of liquor used more on a plane or in a car. Wow, tiny bottles of liquor. Well, I, I tell you what, um, years ago I would have easily said, well, plain, naturally. Of course, of course. I myself, short of last week when we were going to a wrestling show, have never purchased those tiny little nip bottles. Really? Of, never in my life. No kidding. Not even staying in a hotel, I wouldn't touch the room safe because they're, they're going to charge you 10 bucks for, sure, a, sure. for a nip or something. So, yes, I've never, ever purchased them. Interesting. 
Also, I've never, ever, ever drank while in a moving vehicle. Okay. Really? Although, yeah. No, no, I haven't. I haven't. (laughs) And living off of a main highway, I noticed that oftentimes little tiny bottles, these little crushed plastic bottles. They're everywhere. They find their way up onto my driveway over the, the stone walls of Big Boom Radio Studios. So I've learned to hate those little tiny bottles. So to answer the question... I'm thinking they're more prevalent in cars than, than airplanes. You know, these days, I think you might yeah. be right. I mean, according to uh, recent uh, uh, studies, recent evaluations of, America is currently at an all-time high oh, yeah. as far as alcohol consumption. We were at a high prior to the pandemic, mm-hmm. but the pandemic kicked it into absolute overdrive. Hey, and three things in times of strife that you never lose money on. Porn, weapons, and liquor. There you go. And in all honesty, I didn't know this. I'm not going to go into great detail about how I discovered this, <laughs> but there is a nip culture out there. There is. People that that's what they buy. That is, yep. that is what they do. And some liquors, they market them as nips first. Yeah. And if they go over well, they're like, all right, let's start mass producing this. Yeah. You know, big bottles and whatnot. But yeah, it, it gives you a moment of pause. It's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. And yeah. for the longest time, they didn't even have beverage service, and a lot of planes still don't. Because of the way people are treating the onboard air crews. Yep. So they're discontinuing the liquor service. Yeah. A couple of bad apples ruin it for the rest right? of us. Sons of bitches. There's nothing like getting wasted at 30,000 feet. But <sighs> don't, don't get up and, and punch the stewardess in the face. Yeah, that's frowned upon. Don't try and open the door to yeah, the plane. Yeah, definitely frowned upon. don't try and get to the pilots. Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? For Super fuck's sake. frowned upon. Just because you've had a couple of shots doesn't mean you can fly the plane. <laughs> Let's not do that. Yep. Anyway, moving Any right along. Who? Moving right along. Um, this is going to require some deep thought, Johnny. Uh oh. And, uh, you know, we're digging deep on this one, so here we go. Okay. If someone who has a verified disassociative identity disorder tries to kill themselves, would it technically be considered a hostage situation? Ooh, I guess that would depend on the first responder turnout. Yeah. But just from a it-is-what-it-is kind of standpoint, if it's a verified condition... By the way, whoever wrote these questions is, is a fucking genius. <laughs> um, really should be commended. Small trophy would suffice. Right. Uh, but me as the everyman, I wouldn't know who that is. Indeed. But I'm thinking if it's a verified split personality disorder... And it's warring amongst itself. That person is not legally held, I could be wrong here, Mm. to a lot of their actions up to and including uh, suicide. But then it's not really suicide. Wow, it's it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Now suddenly suicide takes a whole different connotation. It's like, but it can only be a hostage. You offing, you know, if you verbalize that you're holding this person against their will for a desired result. True, true. This would be hard to pull off unless you're cleave on little and blazing saddles. Also true. I'm warning you, one step further and it gets it. Yep. (laughs) And talk about something to put on first responders. Like, they don't have their hands full already. Well, that's what they call death by cop. Yeah. These people suck them in. They they just want to end it all, and they figure if they get enough cops around them, make a scene, brandish a weapon, Mm -hmm. the cops are going to shoot them. Unfortunately, it's an all-too-common occurrence. Unfortunately. But in this case, I, I don't have an easy answer for that one. Again, I don't think there is genius one. Genius level. 
have no answer. Digging deep on that. If one, I had folks. the shoes, like I would do to you, if, if you were the one that was playing the everyman, yes, I would say no. I would not consider that a hostage situation. Well, there we Let's go. Kill them all. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the Johnny Teflon take on things. <laughs> very good. Very Nothing good. Nothing a bigger hammer can't fix. I'm telling you. And uh, last but certainly not least, all right. If a hermit crab outgrows its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Nobody sleeps naked in this house. Wow. Little teeny tiny hermit crab. Thought-provoking stuff. Oh, wow. As I'm thinking, here's a somewhat related story. I'm driving uh, to my (laughs) other occupation the other day. Somewhat related? Somewhat related. Okay. Uh, It involves a reptile. Nice. And uh, I'm going down a particular road that you're familiar with, driving to Big Boom Radio. I do indeed. I know which road. As I'm going down my lane, I see in the other lane, almost at the end of the road, is this little teeny tiny turtle. Okay. Going as fast as a teeny tiny turtle can possibly go to get out of harm's way and get to the other side of the road. Yes. There's some cars coming, and oh whatever the D-bag was in the first car oh no. makes no attempt to swerve out of oh. the way, oh. smashes this little turtle. Yikes. I don't know whether to cry or turn on and, and hunt this fucker down. Seriously. For some reason, it just... Hit me like son of a bitch. No regard whatsoever. No regard whatsoever. Fucker. Right? Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. You know me. I'm not a tree hugger, and I'm no. definitely not crunchy. Not at all. But these are all God's creatures, and this not even true. to make the attempt to swerve around it. That's pretty bad. That's a piece of That's shit. Pretty right there. seriously, man. Now back to your question. Yes. <laughs> Clean living, friend. Clean living. I don't think we can say homeless anymore. By okay. the way, I oh, think it's can't? it's without a home with without home or our home now. Something House. Houseless, I think they're calling houseless? it. Houseless? Is homeless, that what it right. is? Because a home can be anywhere, Re- metaphysically Residentially speaking. challenged or something? Yeah, something yeah, like okay, that. There we go. Um, but no, because uh, hermit crabs, like a turtle, as I understand it, uh, they will find another home. And especially the hermit crab will crawl up inside of anything. Watch out, fat ladies sitting on the beach in a thong. <laughs> and, and make it their home. No. My name is Dashiki. That's Swahili for doggy style. I didn't need that image in my head, by the way. That's Thank why I'm here, man. Much. Just to yes. embellish. Okay. Just to embellish. So uh, that being a, a true scientific fact, I would Indeed. never make this up. Okay. I, I'm going to say naked versus without a home. I'd be inclined to agree with you on yeah. that one, which is, which is interesting considering we don't agree on anything. But this but is obviously real life stuff. I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm naked leaning, I'm leaning towards. I leave, leave the comedy at the door when it comes to that. You know, you kind of have to. And then you again, do. naked hermit crab. That says party right there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it does in a very unique fashion. Yep. Say party. <laughs> it's festive. So that's a short and sweet segment of. <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. When someone says, it's not you, it's me, it's you. <laughs> and let's go straight from that into another gem, because we have a, uh, some would say, longer than usual denouement this evening. Indeed, indeed. So I believe you've got an amazing top-shelf gem lined up for the close. I think this one is very appropriate for the subject matter. Uh, 
today that we've been we've been exploring. Even more so after and we play it, we'll indeed, explain. Indeed, and just just the way life is going these days, I think this tune nails it. I think it really does. All right, uh, we're going to give you a little ditty from Cream called "Strange Brew." So nice, just a classic rock archetype. Loved. I mean, it should be a rule that we put at least one of these kinds of songs in every episode, regardless Agreed. of a the theme. Agreed. So here you go, folks. Real quick, we'll be back, but first, enjoy the sights and sounds and momentums of Cream doing Strange Brew. <laughs> what a groovy tune you know so uh, groovy i want a lava lamp and perhaps my own personal tambourine <laughs> for that song see you know how i'm not frying on acid as we sit here uh-huh. um we'll disclose not a huge fan of cream what um yeah i know shocking but true um Appreciate the musicianship. You had three virtuosos in that band sure, sure. that were all stunning, stunning on their instruments. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. It just it it never. This is my actual legitimate surprise voice. Shocking but true. Yes. Yes. Even staring at a lava lamp, smoking weed, and frying right. my balls tambourine, off on don't acid. Tambourine. Yeah. Birkenstocks. Yeah. 
cotton, I mean, cotton cloth pants. It was kind of, <laughs> I don't know, maybe too many, too many chefs. Okay. You know what I mean? Because right. these guys were all, you know, astounding mm-hmm. at their various instruments. You know, Ginger Baker was a savant. You know, Jack Bruce was stunning. Eric Clapton is God, Clapton, you right. know, as we've discussed. But unlike um, other supergroups, like, so I just go back to the 70s and 80s, Toto, Asia, White Snake. Blind Faith. You know, <laughs> Clapton jumped from one supergroup to another. But, uh, but I will say, you know, Strange Brew is a very interesting tune. I think I liked the songs that Cream did that were not 20-minute you know, look oh, at yeah. me. I'm a virtuoso. At Still my very surprising for you because you do enjoy some jam bands. Uh, I do, I do, and and yeah, they were groundbreakers. They were they were kind of the first, you know, coming out of the gate of the quote unquote supergroups. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just the material. I don't know. It, it never hit me. Well, I tell you what, buddy, that that took a lot of courage. Thank you for sharing, <laughs> everybody. Michael Michael S. Thank you. But yes, that was Strange Brew by Cream that first appeared as a single in June of uh, 1967. Uh-huh. I was all of 30 days old at the time. There we go. And folks. I'm sure I was digging it. Um, and uh, it was later added to Disraeli Gears, the amazing Cream album uh, of that name. And uh, obviously, you know, all three of those guys, you know, are... Went on to stellar careers. Yeah, they're all acclaimed at what they did and what they've done. Uh, it's nice to see Eric Clapton still kicking around. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, he's probably going to go on tour. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he's going on tour a uh, latter part of this year. Right. And I will say, you know, having seen Eric Clapton, he is the most jaw-dropping guitar player I have ever seen. Wow, that's bold. You know? And what's amazing about Clapton is he makes it look easy. Now, where do you stand on the whole uh, Joe Bonamassa thing? Uh... It's just like, you know, not known to the masses, but concert goers, especially jam band concert goers. Yeah. He's a guitar savant, and he's selling out Red Rock like once a week or whatever the hell he's there. I mean, you well know, guy, known. Puts on a lot of shows, a lot of DVDs out, too. Yeah. And, oh, guys like him are fascinating to watch. Um, guys like him, Ingway Malmsteen falls mm-hmm. into that category. Um, I don't know if you remember the Oysterhead uh, one-off that uh, that featured Stuart Copeland and uh, Trey Anastasio uh, from Fish, and uh, and of course uh, the bass player from Shit. Help me out here. That was his name. Red Hots. No, no, oh. no, 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 no. Uh, Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Oh, Les Claypool. Les Claypool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I got a chance to see those guys, and it was you know they were very. Similar to Cream, uh-huh. in that you had three virtuosos working together. Right. And it was an interesting show. Sounds like it. Um, wouldn't have gone back to see them again. You know, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, this is interesting to see. Right. It's a it's great cocktail, but you're not going to drink it every night. No, not at all. You don't drink not it to get all. drunk. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, interesting phenomena, supergroups, and yeah, here and there, phenomenal, phenomenal music they put out. But as a rule of thumb, Generally doesn't work for more than an album or two. You know, it really right, doesn't. That gotcha. makes perfect sense. Yeah. So anyway, Jerry, yes. what are we looking at? Uh, what's new and what's happening to Big Boom Radio this week? Well, I've been saying for a change, there's all kinds of shit going on. Oh, cool. We have to get on. We have to get on. We have so much time and so little to do. Strike that. Reverse it. Let's see. When we, when we last left our audience, <laughs> we were, you know, struggling. And we, I guess we still are struggling to get... Uh, Riffs and Rants out to the masses 
And um, one of the uh, distribution channels that I used for the radio station was the uh, the TuneIn app. Right. Um, and what I liked about that was not only is it very popular, pretty much on par with uh, Radio.co. Okay. And as much as every radio station that's got a terrestrial presence also carries a feed on one of these um, internet radio stations. Sure. Okay. We're... Yeah. We're like the exception to the rule where we don't have a terrestrial feed, but we have it online. <laughs> so go figure. We're the exception to everything. Ain't we that the truth? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So we got a big bump in the downloads for the podcast once we uh, acknowledged that we wanted to be on uh, TuneIn in that capacity. So that was a nice little surprise. Okay. Um, so according to the the main report that I generally look at, the most accurate one because wrangling all this information as far as like who's listening and when and all that. Yeah. It's very difficult with an online station to get a complete report sure. that tells the whole tale. Yeah. So I go from RSS.com who hosts the actual streaming feed and sends it out to all these different channels. According to them, we've you know passed well past now the twelve hundred downloads mark. Nice. Um which yeah, I mean for, for two guys with virtually no budget. And I mean, yeah, like every other day, we're pretty interesting, but the other two, mail them in. Um, it, it's amazing that we've got that much of a following so far. Yeah. And this doesn't take into account people that just listen to it when it's on the radio station at well, its regular hours. Yeah. Well, the answer to the question is there anybody alive out there? Apparently, is yes. Or maybe we're the, the voice of the everyman that's been squelched and, and, we go. and, and, and just suffocated for so long. That they've had enough. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Yeah. We'll see. That being said, we'll both be assassinated tonight. <laughs> Yay, you win. Uh, what else to do? We got uh, a new episode of the Classic Rock Showcase coming out, folks, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's done. It's in the kitty. Okay. I'm just, I'm just that much ahead of the game. I got like a month's worth of programming done. Nice, already. nice. Uh, but Foghat is nice. going to join the party. All right, all right. And even as they say in the intro to them on this piece... You say Foghat, everyone's like, hey, it's smoke on the water, what else? <laughs> oh, no, my friends, there's quite a few hits oh, yeah. from them. Oh, they had a catalog. They did. I just want to make love to you. Um, what's the one? My, no, not my one from Tokyo. No, let's not ruin it for people. Yeah, th- there's a lot. Trust yeah. me, folks. Yeah. I, I was rocking out while this thing was recording, and I nice. was like jumping in and giving little pieces of, uh, you know, je ne sais quoi to it. There we go. Enjoyed it. Uh, the way I only have like a handful of these hundred and... 35 episodes I'm up to now. Nice. So that was a good choice. Glad we did it. And, uh, you know, the big pink elephant in the corner of the room, yeah. again, as our listeners might remember, last week, uh, Michael, you came with me and experienced your first indie wrestling show. Yes, yes. That was an interesting night on the town, A very John. interesting night. We yeah. went to go see the, uh, the good ladies and gentlemen, athletes of uh, Blitzkrieg Pro Wrestling. Uh, the name of the event was their third annual Luau, so it kind of had a, had a definitely had a Hawaiian, Hawaiian party theme to it. Theme. Yeah, a lot of people got laid that night. Yes, yeah. a lot of people got laid, and a couple people getting snookered. Go this figure. This is also true. Go this is also figure. True. Highlights included um, in a mixed gender four way match. That just sounds hot. Uh, <laughs> a young lady who I already had my eye on did a, a somersault off the top turnbuckle, pretty much landing in my lap. That was a high point. Um, that was uh, damned impressive. Damned impressive. It truly was. I, I believe you did chortle with glee next to me, right? <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Straight Laced over there. This ain't my crowd, John. <laughs> it was after a couple of drinks. It was good fun. <laughs> it was. It truly was. And then the uh, the American Beetle, a mass wrestler. Loving the Beetle. Luchador. 
came and uh, motioned for me to like get up and get out of the way. Took mine and Michael Sean Lee's uh, steel chairs, brought them into the ring for the obvious setup. Some fool got put through a table. Yeah. Um, but loved the interaction, loved the energy of the crowd. Uh, it was a good time. Of course, we'll be back. And we will, as a station, continue our sponsorship of Blitzkrieg Pro Wrestling. You know, and I have to say, as a side note, uh-huh. seeing somebody getting beaten into submission with my chair... That was interesting. That truly was an experience. It's like you're really invested in what's it going kinda on. It kind of did. It felt <laughs> like I was, yeah, you know. When the dude took my chair, it was like, don't waste it. Don't waste it. You know? <laughs> and, and he, he did He, he, did, he, not. he, did, he not. did not. Beat somebody into submission with it. It was, it the, was uh, fun to watch. The match where they're allowed to use pool toys against <laughs> each other. That was in, in indeed a, a unique... Well, it, it got uh-huh. real once they instituted at the end the pool noodle with the thumbtacks yes. put into it. Yes. And, of course, somebody caught that and walked out with some you know, thumbtacks in their back. Just fun. Yeah. And I'm just realizing now that the place has great food, and we didn't eat the food either. We I just know. drank I know. like two 2020, 2020 hindsight. Front row, folks, and yeah. I was drinking like a fish. You know, it was funny because <laughs> it, it did strike me, you know, about halfway through the night that this was theater. You know, this was, High this was truly, yep. truly, you know, every man theater to yeah. watch. You know, there was the battles between good and evil, between yeah. male and female, yeah. and uh, in the storylines, you know, the uh, the subtext, you know, that these people had history and whatnot. Sure. And once I, you know, mentally put it in that context, it was it was fun. It yeah. really was. They had the one evil manager who I said reminded me of like a hotel general manager. Yes, he did. And you can relate because yeah, if there's one thing we know. Most hotel general managers are pieces of shit. Do you understand me, you crazy fuck? Dude, I wanted to hit him with my Barely chair. Barely human. But before my chair was taken, <laughs> you know, to, to assault somebody else, I wanted to hit that fucker with sure, it. I, I sure, truly, I kind of felt at that point I mean, who like do you think I was he involved. Telling us he's sold out. You know they Seriously. all keep a room in, the, in oh, their pocket. Of course they do. Trash. Just of case. course they do. We know how it works. God. We should do an episode just... Just railing against hotels, and <laughs> hotel general managers, those insipid twits. I'm telling you. But we digress. We do. I'm thinking, my friend, that's about it for this show. All right. We were in the gamut today. It was a fun one. It was. We uh, we kind of went a little off the rails. Well, um, that's what makes it fun. In a very good way, I must say. Sure. And yeah, it was a good time to be had, hopefully, by all. And, time uh, will tell. Yeah. I don't know about you, but once we wrap, I'm going to have another drink. Absolutely. And, uh, and savor the experience. Yeah, so on that, folks, if uh, you think of anything else you'd like to see, hear, or do, please, by all means, drop me a line. It's john at bigboomradio.com. And until next time, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.